enterprise continues Stop letting people talk you out of your power. How do we build a movement that allows us to respond to all the names that people don't know? People begin to think it's isolated. That's the problem. We're not angry enough. This is Life After the Impact, a podcast for impacted families by impacted families that focuses on what happens after the media, the lawyers, and the activists are gone. When the cameras are gone, people leave. We have to be there for each other. Impacted families are left to face the loss of a loved one to police-sponsored violence. We will focus on their continued fight for justice and how you can get involved. I tell families, you know, fight. Everybody can do something that you don't have to sit home and feel helpless and hopeless. We gotta stop allowing people to talk about our power. That's the main thing. can't change overnight. But we gotta start somewhere, might as well go ahead and start here. We didn't. Yeah, because I think if you turn them off, that, that means you're guilty, period. Well, you know, and, and I saw an interview when, in regards to my son because, you know, Kim Potter came in after my son's murder and told those officers to turn their body worn cameras off. And when I saw uh, one of the news stories about one of the, people on the other side talking about it. This is what he said. He said, the reason for the body-worn cameras is to capture the interaction with the public. So his logic was, once that murder's happened and then we've turned it off, then we're done dealing with the public. Now we're, you know, trying to do our little cover-up. Yeah. <laughs> Just my words, my words. Yeah, but as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, being in that situation, it's as important as to see what happened that took my son from me, but it's almost as important or, or more important to see what happened exactly afterwards. Good evening, everybody. My name is Roxanne Johnson. My son's name is Jamal Bird. He was murdered by DC Metropolitan Police October the 1st, uh, 2019. I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Latoya, Good evening, Latoya. Hey, Roxanne, you guys. Hi, my name is Latoya Benton. I'm the mother of Xavier Hill. Xavier um, was killed by two Virginia State Troopers January the 9th, 2021, at the age of 18. Um, tonight, we are honored to be joined by Mrs. Katie Wright. Katie, you want to give a brief intro yourself, please? Hi, Roxanne. Hi, LaToya. Thank you very much for having me on the show this evening. Um, my name is Katie Wright. I am the mother of Dante Wright, who was killed at the age of 20 by Brooklyn Center Police in Minnesota. Um, it was April 11th, 2021. Um, he was killed during a traffic stop when he was being pulled over. He was being pulled over for an air freshener and expired tabs. Um, where the officer then said she was pulling her taser instead of her gun. Um, but she did pull her gun and shot my son and killed him at the age of 20. Yes, we are so sorry for your loss. We also have with us um, Amity. Yes. How are you doing this evening, Amity? I'm fine. Nice to see you guys again. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. We'd like, like to just remind our um, um, audience of who you are. Oh. 
Yes, I am Amity Dimmick. I'm the mother of Kobe Dimmick Heisler. Kobe was a 21 year old autistic boy um, and uh, uh, Brooklyn Center police also murdered my son August 31st, 2019. So about a year and a half before Dante call had been reversed. Everything was fine when they got there and uh, chose to shoot him six times in his own home in front of his grandmother. So here I am and I work with Katie uh, every day trying to make sure this doesn't happen to anybody else's loved one. Jeez. Wow. Well, we're, we're glad that you are with us this, today. Um, we always say that, that nobody wants to be a part of this uh, uh, sorority fraternity that we have of um, using loved ones to police state-sponsored violence. But um, it is that it, this is the reality, and what we want what we like to do on this podcast is talk about um, what you know what actions that uh, individuals or families or organizations are taking to um, work through these issues, and 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 like you said, to ensure that other people people's family don't uh, have the same reality. So uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on in Brooklyn Center, North, uh, Minnesota, where they are. Well, well real fast, Roxanne, before we even go there real fast, I want to talk about real fast, um, kind of like how it intertwines, because I think people, a lot of people have heard about Dante's case. Some people may have not heard about Dante's case. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of want to give Katie that like, opportunity to, you know, to kind of elaborate a little bit more about what happened to Dante's case, because we know that, um, mm -hmm. that, before we talk about what y'all doing in Minnesota, as far as why you're doing it, I want to talk about you know briefly what they charge, what they did not, did or did not charge her with. You know what I'm saying, and the purpose as to why you guys are doing what you're doing right now. So can you kind of like say it like that, if you could, Katie? Yeah, for sure. Um, so a couple weeks after uh, my son was killed, they did charge um the police officer for shooting my son. They charged her with manslaughter one and two. Um, we went through the whole trial case. Um, it took a, from December uh, 2023 until February of 2020, no, sorry, December 2021 until fe uh, February 2022. Um, we went through the trial and then um, the sentencing um, so she was when she was only found guilty of well, she was found guilty of both, not only, but found guilty of both and was charged or uh, sentenced to 14 months in prison. Um, they gave her a down, it's called a downward departure. Um, we were looking for an upward departure, giving her at least the minimum, which the minimum standard guideline for what she was charged and found guilty of would have been seven and a half years in prison. Um, so anybody else who was charged with what she was charged with, she would have done seven and a half years. But unfortunately the judge um, felt sorry for her and cried during her sentencing and gave her a downward departure, which went below the standard guidelines because she was- The judge cried during her sentencing? The judge cried? The judge cried. Wow. Yeah, the jury found her guilty of both charges, but the judge cried and she was so upset and distraught that she actually had to uh, sentence her. Um, if it wasn't for public pressure, 
I believe the judge would not have sentenced her at all. The judge would have gave her no time, but she knew that there was so much public pressure um, during my son's, um, during her case, my son, the killing of my son, that she felt obligated at that point because she knew what would, you know, with the community being so involved and it being public and live streamed while they were doing that. She, she said, you know, Hey, we have to give her some kind of time. Um, so she did, she served her time and she was released, um, a couple weeks after my son's anniversary of, of this last year. So April, 2023, um, she is currently with her family, um, living off a $5,000 a month pension for the rest of her life. And she is also in this moment speaking at a gate engagements, um, talking about how to de-escalate situations during a high critical circumstance with wow. policing. Um, let's not forget that she was a training officer for 25, 24 years in Brooklyn Center. She trained police officers. The day that she killed my son, she was training a rookie police officer. Same thing with this case. It was a training officer as well. It was the exact, exact same thing. Keep going, Katie. Yep. So, so she currently is, is, I don't know if she's going back into training. There's um, an agency called Law Enforcement Training so let's back up just a little bit. So when she was charged, they wanted to send her, the case to Washington County, which is a county in Minnesota, very racist white county. And community members, activists, community leaders were like, oh, heck no, that's not happening. You're not doing that. We're, we wanted to stay in Hennepin County. Um, they were giving us the runaround like, okay, well, George Floyd's case was still going on. They just didn't have enough time to take it. But with public pressure and with family pushing, um, Hennepin County ended up taking it. The two um, prosecutors that were from Washington County that were that ended up not be you know not being able to prosecute it because we just got an icky feeling about them anyways. Not to mention, community was like, oh, these are the worst people that could be handling this case. She's not going to get charged or sentenced. Um, so what happened was. The one um, prosecutor actually passed away about a year after. The other prosecutor is now working with Kim Potter, and he is the one that is hosting all these events that she's speaking at, which the next event is May uh. 6th. Yep, May 6th in Indiana, any Indian and Indy, where is it? Indianapolis, Indiana. Um. So that's where she'll be speaking at the um at um the Marriott, not the Marriott, where is she speaking at Amity, the Hilton, the Hilton in Indianapolis. So now, so now let's fast forward to the reason why you guys are doing what you're doing because we got the backdrop of, of all the bullshit that they're doing. Let's fast forward to as to why you guys as to how you and Amity hooked up and as why you guys are doing what you're doing. Um so the the day that my son was killed, um I and I always say, well, I eventually I'll not cry when I talk about this. <laughs> it's only been three years, so I still cry every time. Um, but the day that I was watching my son just lay on the ground, all I remember is 
Amity coming up to me, and I don't remember anything else, but I remember just bits and pieces of what happened in Amity coming up to me with a big medallion that said Kobe on it. And she kept trying to get my attention and she didn't want to, but her husband was pushing her so bad to say, hey, you need to tell her our story because Kim Potter was the officer, the 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 officer that showed up at the scene when Kobe was killed and told the police officers to turn their body-worn cameras off. Wow. So she was trying to cover up Kobe's murder and amity and i just i mean i met her the day of she came to the crazy scene of of people everywhere police officers uh swat like it was it it looked like just out of a movie i i just couldn't imagine just standing there but the only thing i remember is is amity coming <laughs> up to me walking up with that big kobe medallion speaking of which amity i Look what they went through. I don't know these people. Why does she want it? I'm not going to go talk to her. I mean, like, God, just let them have their moment. I mean, she was just, it was so, you know, standing there, just crying. I know the feeling she was feeling, and I couldn't imagine having that feeling out in public on a street. Uh, she had a blanket around her. And I mean, I was just mortified that it happened. You know, we had just left. We had just been at a rally for another uh, angel anniversary for Justin Tigan and Kobe's uncle was over in Brooklyn Center. Found out what happened, called my ex husband. My ex husband called me because he knew it was at the rally. He said, Get up there and tell those people who are on the microphones what just happened. And that's exactly what we did. You know, John yeah. ran up and told them. And me and then me and John ran and we hopped into the car. We were among yeah. the first people there. So. You're like a first responder then, right? What's that? Like a first responder then. Yeah, yep. As far as the social justice side of it goes, you know, because we all need people to respond real quick. And really what John wanted me to, what John wanted me to make sure Katie had was a way to contact Mayor Mike Elliott, the then mayor at the time, and also um, to be able to communicate with, to be able to reach out to, uh, Michelle Gross with Communities United Against Police Brutality, and and he yeah, would not leave me. He would not leave me alone until I handed her that information. And that's that's the important part. So I think we talk about it all the time. You know, when these things happen, to be able to have those. You know, we don't. It, it happens, and no one has money to turn to. So it's important to have those connections as far as um how we move forward. Um, let's talk about a little bit of this bill that you guys have gotten written up. Um, and the process of what happened with that. How did that get started? Um, so May of 2021, a couple um, months after Dante was killed, Mayor Mike Elliott um, was the mayor of Brooklyn Center at the time. Um, he put forward a, it was called the Dante and Kobe um, Community Safety and Violence Prevention Resolution. Um, and what that pertains to is um, making changes in Brooklyn Center. So that way um, Brooklyn Center can continue to move forward to um, keep community safe and not allow what happened to Kobe or Dante to anybody else. So if we can prevent those, he put it in this resolution. So the resolution was to do um, quite a few things within Brooklyn Center. So one was to start a community and safety violence prevention um, team. 
Um, the other one, there was a there was a lot that was in this resolution. Um, Amity, if you the there's a lot of pieces to it. Do you remember yeah, so, like so it would that? create a permanent oversight committee, which we haven't gotten to yet. Um, when it started, they named Katie as chair of the uh, traffic stop policy work group. So that looked at low level traffic stops and consent search policies and uh, also was going to look at no knock warrants. But I believe that was dealt with at a state level and within a mere lock bill. And so our uh, they created a committee implementation committee to implement these um, ideas that we had. And then they uh, named myself as chair of the what we call the expanded response work group. And that would make it so that there would be uh, a more appropriate responder going to um, specifically mental health calls. But then also all the other calls like, you know, if the dogs across the street are bothering me or my neighbors below and their leaves into my yard or, you know, just a whole bunch of these types of uh, interactions that happen day to day that we don't need a, a armed, militarized, angry, you know, I mean, we know that the, so many of the cops look like, act like they, they're waging war on the community. You know, we don't need that in a bunch of these situations because they escalate. And, uh, and so we were tasked, the implementation committee was tasked with coming up with these recommendations to propose to the city and city council for them to vote on. And uh, well, that was a whole mess. I mean, uh, the city was strategically incapacitating us pretty much every step of the way. Um, and then where we're at right now, go ahead. What I wanted you to, so I wanted you to explain the pieces of the the resolution, not the, the um, departments that we were creating because the resolution had like seven different things. So yeah. There was a few of them on there. Um, I just can't remember what they all were. But the whole was it, it kind of like you guys are building up. Uh, it sounds like a um, like a citizen review board or whatnot. Is that kind of like the same thing in a sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that was part of it. And then, like Amity said, we did have the um, the two departments, which was the traffic stop policies and then the expanded response. Um, there was a lot of other things that were in that resolution that Brooklyn Center did not follow through with, though. And I just, right off the top of my head, I'm not sure what it is. Are you one of the states that had gotten the approval for the CR, for the board as well, though? Are you guys one of the states that had gotten it? Uh, well, you both had a, you both had a CRC board, right? We're, yeah, we're both on the, um, the committee. Mm -hmm. We were both on the, the implementation committee. So we sat on that, and then now we sit as chairs on the other committees, which are separate. Um, separate. So they're part of the resolution at whole, um, but we were tasked to make recommendations. Um, my piece of it would make recommendations as to traffic stops. So we recommended to city council um, to stop having police officers pull people over for minor traffic violations, which would be air freshener, um, broken tail light, broken headlight, expired tabs, um, uh, what else, muffler. Um, so all of these pieces that obviously don't keep community safe, it's only a way to racially profile our community, especially Brooklyn Center. Now let's not forget Brooklyn Center is one of the highest diverse city in Minnesota. It has the biggest diversity. But you can't tell that from the way Brooklyn Center is acting. And you definitely can't tell that from the way Brooklyn Center Police Department looks. Um, 
So we, we put that together. We recommended, we've jumped through fire hoops. Um, we have bent over backwards. They have had us sit in one of the hardest things as a parent that has lost a child to police is to sit in the same room with the police that yeah. are killing the kid, yeah. but they want you to do this because guess what? If you don't do it, you're not going to make the changes because we need to have police on board. Amity and I have done that for almost three years for them to vote no to us. They voted no three, two voted yes, three voted no to the policies that we presented for the traffic stop. So traffic stops did not go through. Now, mind you also, we um, embedded that into our settlement agreement. So obviously our settlement is done. Um, we sued the city of Brooklyn Center. We, the most important piece of our settlement was the non-monetary. They could have kept all their money and shoved it right up their ass. I don't care about that. But what I do care about is the non-monetary. So we put it into our settlement agreement that they, Brooklyn Center Police, are going to do training on bias training, um, um, de-escalation training. They are also going to push through the, res the resolution, implement it, and make sure that they're doing the traffic stops and the... Um, the expanded response piece of it. All of that was written into the settlement. Um, and they still haven't followed through with any of that. And by them voting no was Which a violation. Is that so is that a hmm? is this contract? Yeah, it's a violation of our contract. So now we are currently looking at that and what we can do to obviously turn around and sue them and bring it to court and say, hey, judge, they have not followed through with their settlement agreement. They were supposed to do this, this, and this. Police have done absolutely nothing. We literally just fought to have a Blue Live Matter flag taken down in the roll call room in Brooklyn Center that had KP on it for Kim Potter. No. We, had to, we had to fight to get that taken down. We had to have community talk. We had to ask for them to take it down. It literally sat up there for the last three years and we didn't even know about it until somebody had told us about it. Can I can I go back and ask you a question about the demographics of Brooklyn Center? Yes. A very diverse air area. Um, is it a sub a sub uh, suburb or a, a part of the urban area known as Minneapolis? Or kind of give get give me an idea of how that how that looks. Yes, Brooklyn Center um, it literally borders Minneapolis. So North Minneapolis, Brooklyn Center, they're within blocks. So when Minneapolis will pull people over at, in a certain part of Minneapolis, if it's North Minneapolis, Brooklyn Center will show up as well. We sh They share the same, the same right there on the same blocks. So they are um, very connected to Minneapolis. A lot of people from Minneapolis will shop, um, worship, uh, bus that we have a transit that um, will is a main pretty a pretty big transit center that will get people from Minneapolis to other suburbs in Minnesota. So people are are going through Brooklyn Center um, from from all over Minnesota. To be honest, there's so many so many um, cities that that are surrounding Brooklyn Center. And, and do you know the demographics of the people who have been harmed by Brooklyn Center police? Within the last, um, I, so within the last, I believe twelve years, seven people have been killed by Brooklyn Center police officers. Um, no, six. Sorry, it was either six or seven. Um, and five of them are 
black person or a person of color. Yeah, I I, I suspected that. And I just wanted to, you know, because sure. what's going to be important in this fight too is the data, getting data that supports what we're saying. Because I mean, when, when you all were explaining that whole resolution, it sounds like they were jerking your chain from the beginning. And it's all they were doing. They literally were. It was no attention on on passing this So so now that they didn't pass it, what's your next recourse? What's your next thing to do? Uh, we're going to continue to bring it to city council. We can we can. Um, at first, we thought we could only bring it once a year to the city council, but we can bring it every single time. If we can get the city manager to put us on the agenda, we can introduce the changes, recommend the recommend changes that we have always proposed and we can continue to ask for it. Um, at this time, there's a, so before, when the resolution was passed, we had four vote yeses and one vote no. Two of those, well, the mayor was actually voted off after that. So we know that what that tells you, right? They got a strong black man out of office because he was doing the right thing. So they had to get rid of him. So they did that, unfortunately. And that was one of our yes votes. Um, now they have, and then another one was Dan Ryan, which was a city council member. He was another just horrible person sitting on that. Well, his seat was up as well. Well, unfortunately, the two seats that we had up they are now worse than than what was in there before. So now, even if we continue to bring it to them, it's just going to keep getting down. So we got to work on those two seats, which are <laughs> which are coming up. So we got to get people into those seats. Right. Now, that goes part two. You know, when it comes to being strategic, you know, and like putting the power behind the right people and stuff, because a lot of times we can't just like you just said. Even if you got to be pushing the bill. If the people who are in office right now are not going to be on your side, you kind of like know it's almost like a waste of time because they're going to still knock it down anyway. So, you know, it's about strategic about, you know, who who can be in that seat that can fulfill it. But again, so that goes back to the problem of it being systemic, right? Yeah. And you got to remember, too, the, the, the people that are the loudest in Brooklyn Center right now are the old, old white people. Like, they're the people that have been there for so long. They're the constituents of, of the city council members they're the ones that are voting right now and we just it, it all falls back on that right you have to be strategic you have to plan you have to organize and yeah i think a lot of times don't have these meetings and you go to city i just said you go to city council and you go to these meetings and this is like not just Brooklyn center we went to one at richmond long ago right and what's this meeting it was full of old ass white folks and it's like well damn that's who's representing the city of Norfolk. Like, I know some black folks around here, but I, the problem is that when it's time to go to these meetings, the concerned citizens that are there concerned, they're not showing up to these meetings to actually make the real change. So we can't complain about things and whatnot. We're not going to be in the room to make the real live change. We went to an event this past weekend. Um, it was only a few of us in the room who are not, who was already aware about the event. It's like, where's the community at? Why is the community being, being made aware of where to be at in order to make the change? Well, that's intentional because if they don't get the community, if they don't get the people who really are um, are impacted by the change, but they get these people who just want to keep things status quo, it's intentional. It's by design. Yeah. The system is working as design. We say that all the time, but that's why we have to disrupt this bullshit 
It's bullshit. I, I will say that uh, Kim Potter was out training people on uh, how to get away with murder because that's exactly what she did. She got away with murder. And so if it had twice. been you and me, we still, yeah, twice. If it had been you and me, we still be somewhere in a maximum security where you won't be able to find us. But because she got a, a badge on, all of a sudden she, there's a different set of circumstances. No, there needs to be more accountability because you have a badge on. Yeah, there's people in Minnesota right now doing more time for a small amount of marijuana than she did for killing my son, for killing Kobe. They, I, there's a 20-year-old, my friend, as a matter of fact, my son's friend, he's doing more time in jail for, for not even an ounce of marijuana than what she is doing for murder, for killing somebody. It's it's absolutely insane. And you're right. It, it, unfortunately, in Brooklyn Center, Black people are scared to speak up and talk because of the way that they know the repercussions and what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you, so we have a couple people that have um, spoke up and that have talked at city council. We've had police follow them home. We've had people threatening them on Facebook. Um, we had, and we've brought this to city council numerous of times and there's nothing that we can do about it. There's actually a city council member's husband that has threatened to damage and vandalize my son's memorial. Um, and actually threatened, there's a police officer, two police officers that have threatened community members numerous of times, and they do absolutely nothing about it. And people know that, and they're not going to show up and say anything until it changes within the city because, but it's not going to change within the city unless people show up and say something. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. And I don't know what we do, but the few of us that are not afraid to show up and speak because we have to. Amity and I can't stop talking in Brooklyn Center because they killed our babies. We have to continue to speak and continue to talk and continue to make them uncomfortable until it changes. And we'll continue to do that as long with two people behind us or 50 people behind us. Mm -hmm. So we so, got each other. Yeah. So what are your next uh, strategically? What do you plan to, you going to bring this back up, but are you you're going to wait until after you vote these two people out that you know are not for it. What's this, what's the strategy? Well, Amity and I have actually started um, a nonprofit called Dante and Kobe No More Names Initiative. Um, so we are going to continue to bring everything to Brooklyn Center under that org. Um, and what we are doing um, is our, our focus is to make sure again, that, this doesn't happen to anybody else. So making these changes at the legislation, making these changes at uh, local levels, um, allowing a safe space for anybody who has been harmed by police in Brooklyn Center to be able to know what what's your next steps, right? Whether it's you know getting them connected with um, an attorney or you know any organizations that can help them. Um, so that's that's where we're. That's what we're doing right now. Um, we just got up and running, so we were still in the middle of um, getting all of that together, but um, just making sure that we continue to push that. And then also we have uh, a movie with documentary that was made, um, and it's called Mama. So there was three mothers in Minnesota um, that have been harmed by the system, whether it was so Miss Delcia, her son was killed in jail um, and neglected uh, care. 
And then obviously Amity with with Kobe, who was killed um, during a mental health crisis, and then Dante, who was killed during the traffic stop. So you have three pieces of our system um, that has harmed people in, in different aspects, right? So um, we, we have this documentary coming out. We're doing our um, movie premiere in March 22nd. Amity is March 22nd. Yep, Friday, March 22nd, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. Yeah. So we're, and, we're doing... and we actually did the Hollywood premiere at the Chinese Theater in Hollywood. I believe that was, what, March, February or March of 2023? So that was pretty cool. And just so everybody knows, um, and not that we actually wanted in it, wanted these things to happen in this order, but it is what it is. Um, but it is currently available streaming on multiple services. So like Amazon, um, Apple TV, Spectrum, Comcast, Vubiquity, never even heard of that. Uh, we have a flyer somewhere that has all that on there. But what we really need people to do is to um, purchase and or rent that so that it will get picked up by even bigger streaming services like a Netflix or a Hulu or an HBO and whatnot. So I think the goal you guys are using that as far as like a media out kind of tell the story, right? Um, I think part of, um, I, I hear you all mention Brooklyn Center a lot as far as saying um, that's what happens in, in that area. But I think we want to also not forget too that we can't forget that they want us to kind of um, they want us to kind of believe that these are isolated incidences and these only happen in these certain areas, right? Um, mm -hmm. What exact episode we're on as far as the podcast is concerned. I know it's, it might be, it might be 46, I'm not sure. We I might be about 46, right? Something like that. But I just know that we've had at least 46 guests on here and all our stories sound very identical. Even when it comes to um, people harassing their loved ones, they're harassing, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, it's a routine thing, right? We hear, and I, I swear to you, we hear that exact, and then each time we talk to somebody, they all they have this mindset where they think it only happens in their their state or their city or whatever. And I think uh, they want us to kind of feel like that. Because I tell people all the time, okay, let's say you're doing Katie were to fix Brooklyn Center tomorrow. You guys were to fix and learn to eliminate police brutality in Brooklyn Center tomorrow. We still fight over here in Virginia. We still fight over here in Maryland. They still fight down there in Florida, right? So it's kind of like we gotta still realize that whatever we, whatever we, uh, we're going through in one area, I promise you, it's probably very identical in another area, also another state too. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. And I think too, the biggest thing is people always show up when there's blood on the street, right? The minute you lose your loved one, everybody's there. Everybody is fighting in full force. And people sometimes forget, like, our fight never stops. It, it's going to continue. So we need people to continue to show up because not only did we fight to get, and, and there's so many families that are still fighting just to even get accountability. So not only are you trying to get that accountability, even after you get accountability, whatever they call it and whatever that looks like, um, you're still fighting to continue to make changes. You're still fighting to keep your legacy alive. You're still fighting to continue to show up for other families and and help other families not only like you said not only in Minnesota but so many it, it's happening in every single state across the United States it's not a Minnesota problem it's it's a it's a it's a system problem and it doesn't matter where you live um 
And that's the main thing. Like people just need to continue to show up, not just when the blood is fresh. They have to realize, you know, it has. I think people have this self-interest thing for themselves, right? And it, unfortunately, if they are not able to um, connect themselves with, some people can, and like for the moment, they connect with us. Uh, I know, I, I'll never forget this. One of the guys who um, was he was walking with us, and the moment Dante got killed, right? Now keep in mind, they got killed in January. Dante got killed in April. So this is very this is still fresh for me as well. Was they got killed? I remember a few of our supporters going to Minnesota, and I was like, "Well, I'm confused. Like, how how are we?" I'm, I asked them, "Said y'all going to Minnesota?" They were like, "Yeah." I said, "Wait, I'm confused. If you guys shifted, how do we still, you know, make sure that it was just confusing for me at the time as far as?" But then now I understand the connection of how we begin to realize, okay, it is happening here in Virginia. It's happening here in Minnesota too. But how do we connect those things together so that people understand that the energy can be shifted? But it cannot die down. That's what the issue. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all, y'all shift the whole group, and then y'all disappear. It's like, hey, what do I do? That's because people have, have the the uh, the attention span of a gnat. That's why, and that is is intentionally too. And y'all, and grown ups, we need to uh, focus on focusing more. Okay. You can do more than one thing at a time, and you can focus on one man. But 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 this particular fight is a fight that is very angst-written. It creates a lot of um, anxiety and depression and all this stuff. So we, you know, we know that it, it is, um, you're prone to be burnt out with this, right? But that's why we need more people, we need more people to join this fight. Because when I feel like I'm burnt out, I can tap, I can um, tap on um, Latoya's energy. When Latoya feels like she's burnt out, she can tap on a Amity's uh, uh, energy. Amity feels like she's burnt out, she can tap on Katie's energy. And that's what we need to do is to forge these 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 connections so that we can fight with all our power, with all our. And not and not only that, but to not wait until it happens to you either. Like the, you oh, have to get in the fight before, like. And I, I'm speaking from experience. I didn't, I, I'm going to be honest. I never marched one march in my whole entire life, but then my son dies and it's a whole different world. And it's like, if, if more people would show up prior to it happening, cause it could happen to anybody. Don't wait for it to happen to you. Stop it from happening. to you. Stop it from happening to you. That's that. And we could definitely just move mountains if if that happened. We got to be more proactive than being retroactive. Um, and I speak to all the time because, like, I mean, I say again too. People like to kind of like weigh that little guilt to all people and say, you know, hey, what was you know for your son got killed, right? And it's like, listen, if I didn't have, let's say, if I was the doctor tomorrow, doctor said I got cancer, right? My focus then will be on the cancer. Um, it doesn't matter when I got started. It matters that I did get started. Right, yeah. I tell people too. It's like you know, hey, we trying to tell you guys over and over and over again what's going on for you to get started. It's not a guilt about how long you've been doing something. Not that's fine. It's a matter of have you gotten started? Are you consistent in the fight? Because it's for humanity. You know, you can't bring Dante back. I can't bring the baby back. You know, but I think I bring Jamal back, and we can bring Kobe back. But we can't also fight for the because right now we're fighting a a, a system. That is designed for us to fail, you know. So all of those people are 
Yeah. yeah. It's super important that people show up too, not only for the high profile cases, like everybody wants to run these high profile cases. There was, there was so many more names before George Floyd. There was so many more names before Dante Wright. There was so many more names before Breonna Taylor. And if people would have showed up for the ones that didn't get all the media attention, then we don't leave media to, to do any more work, right? Because they can't show up if people aren't getting killed. So you have to continue to fight for for everybody because nobody nobody's story is bigger or smaller than the rest of them. Yep. Yeah. So the media is implicit in in making us think that these things are one off, right? That's 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 what they do. Oh, here's this one off, uh, you know, horrific thing that happened. Uh, no, but we know that this is not a one off. This is a epidemic. Mm-hmm. It's an epidemic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do we have any pictures of 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 uh, Dante and Kobe? We can show show the audience um because we like to talk about people. We like to hey hey. So <laughs> beautiful young man, Dante, twenty one years old. All right, now before we get wrapped up tonight, uh, Mel, is that clip going to be able to play? Yes, give me one second. All right, perfect. So you guys, we're going to end the show tonight with the clip from um, a trailer, actually, from Mama. And I will say, uh, you can, I actually was able to find it on Hulu. So you can go on Hulu to um, support this trailer. Y'all go on there and watch all that Timu bullshit. So make sure you go on uh, Hulu and download the trailer nope. from Mama. Uh, Apple or Amazon? Not It's not on Hulu yet. No, I, I, I was on... Oh. Um, I, I Is was it? On, yeah, I was on, uh, I don't have, um, I saw it on my TV the other day. I'm telling you, I did. Oh, well, then don't listen to me. That's good. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so just to keep in mind, y'all, the whole part of the media, right? We are the news. So, and again, um, y'all watch all the BS on TV or not, be sure to watch this movie. On, um, just look it up <laughs> yourself on whatever uh, stream you can find, you can find it on. Uh, Mel, if you're ready to go and play that clip, let's go and get that rolling, please. He was a month old in this picture. So happy to be a mother. And Ardell was my only child. Kobe, he was 21 years old. The first baby, the first love of my life. He was on the uh, autism spectrum. About a half hour before he called me, said, Mom, I need some money for a car wash. He was supposed to come back later on that day. You didn't tell you're under arrest, don't you? Just stay back. Dell was in Beltrami County Jail. He had not yet been convicted of any crime. He was in the process of taking his case to trial. He says, I, I need to go to the hospital, but they think I'm faking. They think I'm lying, Ma. I couldn't help my baby. Hardell told me, please don't leave me alone with the officers. I never imagined, not for one minute, that my family would be put into this fight. I wish that it didn't take for my son to have to die for my eyes to be open as a white person in America. 
This is from one hurting mother who's lost her only child to another hurting mother. I got your back. Me and Miss D, we don't want you to feel the need to stand up here and do the same for your loved one. That's right. And I don't think people realize how easy it is that it could actually be you. So you want to get With our work of just putting ourselves out there and telling the stories over and over and over again, what we would like to do is take the narrative over. Everywhere we go, we go together. That was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Really good. Really good. So you guys, like I said, um, we get a chance to, how long, how long is this whole movie, you guys? Hour and 37 minutes, I think. Perfect, perfect, perfect. So you guys have a chance to be sure to go into where you um, to stream that. Look, the movie Mama Up was by KD and MP in as well. Um, any other comments or questions you guys want to drop on us before we wrap up for tonight? My heart goes out to you guys. It really does. I I found myself gasping at part of that that uh, trailer. So I know it must be difficult for you all to watch some of that, so. Yeah, I wish that, you know, the gunshots weren't in there. They're, they're really they're really startling and it's even, even more startling in a movie theater, right? Yeah, it's really horribly shocking and loud, even though you know what's coming, like I know what's coming every time and um, it certainly doesn't make it any easier. When, when I have it, I put my phone down because I didn't want you guys to see my reaction, but yeah, no, it's not easy to, it's never, it's never easy to hear. Yeah, I, I haven't watched, um, even sitting through trial, I didn't watch a lot of that. So I never watched um, Dante getting pulled over and out of the car and until the movie the first time. And every time it's just, it's hard to, to watch. I think it's people to understand that, um, you know, I, I like that you understand that, um, how you say you got to keep moving forward as far as the practical legislation is concerned. Um, I like that you guys are not just doing, um, it, it, you can't judge. I mean, I'm not here to judge right at all, period. But the whole thing of like uh, people fighting their own way, I think that's like a little bullshit saying because um, if you fight in your own way, we all fighting in the same damn system. So I like how that you guys are still staying focused, you're still on task. Um, part of that is knowing how to move strategically, right? Um, I was studying uh, the letters from Birmingham with Dr. Martin Luther King, and that he was saying as part of that really is on moving strategically and stuff, because depending on who is an office at the point in time, they won't do shit. That is a real damn thing. It's a real thing for real, for real. So I thank you all for coming on here tonight to just educate us to look, so we can know more about what we can do in the community and how we can all you know, move forward collectively. Yeah. Thanks for having us and thanks for doing this and telling these stories. Thank Definitely. Yeah. Thank you so much, ladies, for um, allowing us this opportunity and um, so many other families that you have um, had on here and be people are able to hear the stories and um, hopefully be able to make change. Yeah. Just learning from each other too as well. You can't give up, man. Like, don't, you, you got a lot of people who don't just take those little settlement checks and they're like, oh, okay, that, that ain't shit. That ain't shit. That some check ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? Because after a while, the money is going to run out and then I'll come back again. 
too. The law is still the damn same. Does it still have anybody at all, period, or not? So we got to still keep fighting for it. So I admire you all because, you know, still moving forward for change, for overall change. Yes. Not your own son, Yes, yes. So please, please, please take, be gentle and take good care of yourselves. And, you. uh, and know that we are in solidarity here in uh, Maryland with you. You might not be there physically, but our heart is with you and we are with this fight and we're not giving up either. We're not giving up either. Um, Thank you. Yeah, this has been life after the impact. Find out how you can get involved. It's important. Good night. Send people pictures of, of, your, of your child's obituary. Mm -hmm. Let them see why you won't give up. That's it. That's also. Oh, oh, oh they, they've gotten them in the mail. They've gotten them dropped off at their office. There you go. Because y'all gonna remember who Amir Locke Make is. Make them uncomfortable. Make them totally yes. uncomfortable, right? Yeah. Yes. Like right. I said, keep doing whatever you need to do when something comes up in your city. And that's the thing. Our the, one problem is everybody's problem. That's right. And, 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 and in order for them to stop doing what they're doing, you know, they're, they're pushing this movement that is consisting of really strong people, strong people with voices. And we're not going to tire. We're not going to let in. We're going to let up. We're not going to shut up. And that's what I told you from day one. I'm not shutting up at all. Even if it's just you, one person told me, sometimes if you even do it on your own, you have the biggest voice. I'm, I could just stand outside by myself and shout justice for a mere lock. And it's going to rain because I'm his mother. Right. So, and, and like I said, we are boots on the ground. Boots on the ground means, you know what? Like I told them that day when they said, we are not going to charge him. I said, y'all did y'all job. Now I'm about to do mine. And that's what I've been doing ever since. Everybody can do something that you don't have to sit home and feel helpless and hopeless. We gotta stop loud people to talk about our power. That's the main thing. Can't change overnight, but we gotta start somewhere. Might as well go ahead and start.